Hello, my name's Kimberly, and I'm perhaps what you would call a modern day Feng Shui consultant. I can help you turn your home into the most supportive, calm, and peaceful space you can imagine. I'm here to guide and show you how to work with your home to unlock its power and magic. And in that, I'm committed to sharing the secret of this magical practice in a way that everyone can use. As you know by now, Feng Shui has absolutely transformed my life for the better and what an amazing job that I have helping women all around the world create calm and peaceful homes. Most of the time my clients come to me because their home is filled with bickering and arguing or the health of those living in the home may have changed over the last few years or the wealth of the home may be an issue. If this is you, if this resonates with you, please visit my website, thefengshuiflow.com. Click on the work with me tab and you'll see the three different options that I have available. So much love, Kimberly. Hello and welcome back to the Feng Shui Flow podcast. Wow, it's been a few months. I'm so excited to be back. I know I'm going to use the word excited a lot, but it feels like it's been a while and so much has happened since I last came on and did my last podcast, which was saying it's not goodbye, it's good day. I was podcasting from my little attic room in our cottage that was built in 1569 and Today, I'm podcasting from the office in our new home in the Gold Coast in Australia that was built two years ago. So it feels so different. The sound may be different. Everything is different. So obviously, a lot has happened. And I want to take you through my journey a little bit. If you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen probably some of the things on stories. I didn't story all of it because I wanted to wait and tell you properly on here. My notes on my phone that I made was kebab stick, broken arm and emotional support child. (laughs) So I will try and paint a picture of the last few weeks of leaving England. Now, obviously it was such an emotional time. It was filled with goodbyes and it seemed like all I was doing was saying goodbye to people and my daughter definitely felt that as well. Like it was the last time seeing family and then, oh, look, no, we're getting together again. Okay, we're going to say goodbye again. And I remember seeing one of the mums at school, I think it was like the day before we left going, haven't you effing gone yet? (laughs) Because I think I'd said goodbye to her about seven times. So it was quite emotionally draining because every time we saw somebody, it was goodbye. And I was just trying to protect this feeling for myself, for my daughter, obviously my husband as well. And I actually think a lot of my feng shui practices came in to help me because the thing with feng shui is that it's more than just things that you do in your home. It's almost a way of living. It's mindfulness. It's about creating that balance of yin and yang, the yang being the effervescent energy, the yin being the calm, and just living in this peaceful space in between these two very different energies. So although obviously I want to create that in my home, the more I can create that in myself, the more that I'm able to deal with certain situations. So One of them for me was, you know, making sure that I went out on a walk every day. Time-wise, that's pretty much all that I could have 
managed and I used to call it my mad woman walks. <laughs> and that just for me cleared my head and it enabled me to cope with obviously what was happening. We have packed up our home, we've rented our home in the UK and that in itself for anyone that has moved house, like I've been lucky we were in that house for maybe 15 years, we renovated it when we moved in, we both came from not having a home so we didn't have that huge move in and my god isn't it well, it's, I, I can't even explain the emotion of packing everything away. And, and again, it was that balance because I still wanted it to feel like a home. And it was like, well, what do I put in boxes? What do I leave out? And of course, I left too much out and left it too much to the last minute to pack up. So my husband left a week before we did. And the week before that, we had I wouldn't say a party, just, you know, some friends over, we had a barbecue and it was really good fun. And that week we were sort of packing up the house. So the remedies that I had in our home, I'd slowly started to take them out because I didn't necessarily want them there. The huge metal weights that I have in the house, um, they obviously just looked a bit odd. So I I moved them out and I know what I shouldn't have done. And I moved the one out of the central area of our home. Now, you may or may not know this, but the central area of our home looks after our health, the health of everybody that lives in your home. And I moved it out stupidly. So that weekend we had the party and on the Monday, Snoopy, our dog, if you've not met Snoopy, he's basically like my son, And he was sick on the Monday morning and he managed to vomit up a kebab stick that was about four inches long. I was like, oh my goodness me, that's been in use since Saturday. Oh my goodness. But also this is only half a kebab stick. Where is the other half? So I sort of had to convince myself that maybe he was only stupid enough to, I mean, can you imagine the effort? It's like those things that you see on Britain's Got Talent or whatever it is around the world. (laughs) Trying to swallow a kebab stick is quite a skill in itself. And I just presumed that he would have got, you know, halfway through and thought, no, this isn't for me. I'm not going to swallow any more kebab sticks. I'm going to leave it there. So he was then due to go to the groomers on the Tuesday and he's a bit of a nightmare at the groomers. So I have to take him for a walk first to tire him out. So I took him for a walk and he just started breathing so badly, like he was about to collapse in front of the Cafe Nero in Oxted. Like he was just, yeah, that was it. So I threw him in the car and drove as quickly as I possibly legally could, of course, to the emergency vet. And we got there and I said, look, this is what's happened. And she said, okay, well, um, we're going to have to put him to sleep because we're going to have to x-ray him. And we can only obviously do that if he's put to sleep. I was like, okay, brilliant. That's great because we have just cancelled our pet insurance because he's flying to Australia next week. So um, you can imagine going to an emergency vet clinic with no insurance and knowing that he's going to have to be put to sleep, which is already, you know, a couple of zeros on the end of the bill. 
and not knowing what they were going to find or what they were going to do. And she said, well, the best case scenario is that he's not eaten it. But the worst case scenario is that he has. And obviously, if it travels through his digestive system, that's not good. I was like, yeah, okay, thank you. Anyway, it turned out that he had eaten, I mean, stupidly eaten the rest of the four inches of the kebab stick, but he'd managed to chomp it into two. And she managed, I mean, I won't go into detail, but she managed to remove these um, two other bits of the kebab stick. And she said, the thing is, I don't know if there's any more in his tummy because obviously he had breakfast. So he'd managed to eat breakfast. I mean, oh my God. He managed to eat breakfast, so she couldn't see if the rest of it was in his stomach. So we were on literal dog death watch for five days. And she said, if he is clear after five days, then we know that he's not swallowed the rest of the kebab stick. So clearing five days took us to just before he left to fly to Australia. And thank goodness he was okay. So that was the first little hurdle that was thrown in our way. And then whilst we were on dog death watch, um, I got a phone call from school. And you know when school ring and you think, oh no, <laughs> best case scenario is that she's bumped her head and they have to inform us. Um, And they rang and said, hello, Mrs. Gallagher. Um, I'm just with Immy. She's just fallen over and we recommend that she goes and has an x-ray on her arm because she can't really move her hand. And I thought, brilliant. Um, must not overreact in this situation. <laughs> so by this point, Patrick had also left. So it was just me and Immy left in the UK. We were flying in, I think it was like T minus three days. And I got to school and you could just see it. I think Immy was more petrified of my reaction than she was of the pain that was running through her arm. And again, this is where this feng shui sort of mindset kicked in. It was almost like, well, I can't do anything about it. Like, whatever comes of this situation, I just have to deal with it then, rather than catastrophizing into, oh my goodness me, like we are flying, we are about to move countries, the people moving into our home are coming, we can't delay this flight, she starts school, da 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 So I was like, okay, let's just deal with this situation. And even in the car, on the way to the emergency um, injuries clinic. She said, mummy, you are really rather calm. And I said, well, <laughs> because normally I would have gone batshit crazy at this sort of thing. Um, excuse my French, but I would. And I said, well, look, you know, there's only so much that we can do in this situation. So, you know, let's go and see what they say. So we walk in and the nurse said, okay, we'll give it an x-ray. And obviously if she's broken it, she'll probably need an operation and we'll just have to work out what to do from there. I just, I just turned around and went, okay, um, just to let you know, we fly to Australia in three days. So can we just not talk about maybe having an operation because I can't handle that information right now. (laughs) And I think she could see in me that I was trying my hardest to remain calm. Amy was just looking at me for any reaction whatsoever. Anyway, turns out she just badly sort of 
banged it and bruised it and she had a soft tissue injury. There was no broken bones. Thank goodness again. So you can imagine what I did as soon as I got home. I put that metal weight straight back into the centre of our home. Now, I know it might be just a coincidence, but for me, the centre of the home being health, the analysis on my home showed me that I needed to have metal in the centre. So every home is different. You might need metal, you might need moving metal, you might need fire. So it works on all of the elements. And please go back to season one if you want to know more about it. But yeah, those remedies went straight back into the house. Anyway, we made it. We um, we managed to pack up the house on the way to the airport. We had a rental car because we'd sold our car. We got a huge crack in the windscreen that was about 30 centimetres long. So we had to go to the rental department and basically say, look, I've made a crack in the windscreen on the way to the airport. So that delayed us getting into the airport. We had about, I think we had 12 pieces of luggage. We'd paid for extra luggage. We weren't shipping anything over to Australia. We had far, like I am never doing that again, far too many suitcases. I thought we would be okay. And I was over the luggage allowance because by that point I was like, oh, I'm just going to put it in the suitcase and hope for the best. Um, So we checked in all but one of our suitcases into the airport. We we weren't late, but you know, we, it wasn't as comfortable as I would have liked. So I had one suitcase left. The computer said, no, I'm not taking the suitcase. You're going to have to go and speak to somebody. I was like, right. Okay. And she just turned around and said, you're over the weight limit, you've got to take 10 kilos out of the bags. And I only had one tiny little suitcase in front of me. And I said, well, okay, fine, I'll pay. I'll pay. I've got to that point now where I will pay for the 10 kilos. And she said, okay, that's going to be 260 pounds. It's like 260 pounds for 10 kilos. I will wear 10 kilos of these clothes <laughs> to save 250 pounds. I thought she might have said, I don't know, 60 quid, 100 pounds maybe. So I opened the suitcase and of course it was the one that had all the like random stuff in it that I couldn't wear. And it had Immy's teddies in it. And bless her, she turned around and she said, mommy, it's okay. You can throw away my teddies. Please don't get upset. I'm your emotional support child. I mean, at which point I could have just broken down into just a squidge of emotional wreck on the bottom of Heathrow terminal floor, drowning in my own tears. Um, And I said, don't worry, darling, it's fine. I'm not going to throw your teddies away. Anyway, I found some other stuff that I could throw away. I put as much as I could do in my carry-on luggage. I wore just about every bit of clothing that I could. And off we went through into departures. Um, and Immy just kept so cool and calm through the whole thing. I just, it was, she was just amazing. And we sat on the other side. We did the typical airport thing, had a Wagamama's at, uh, it would have been what, 10 in the morning. <laughs> she had a katsu curry um, at 10 in the morning. And I had a Prosecco. <laughs> because I just needed a moment to collect my thoughts. It's the first time I have ever been to an airport and not been into duty-free. 
I don't necessarily buy a lot, but I have at least a mooch around. I couldn't even deal with the, I don't know, just the energy required to go around the shop. So we, um, yeah, we literally just, I sat and had a Prosecco. Imi had a katsu curry. <laughs> Could we have looked any more crazy? Um, and we got on the flight. I managed to knock a whole tray of drinks over from the steward because something fell out of the top of the, um, you know, where you put your, your luggage. I put the neck pillow thing up there. I mean, what? I, I actually left it on the plane. What are the point of those things? They don't work. I end up getting a neck creak anyway. Anyway, I've fallen out with them because they knocked, <laughs> they knocked over the tray of drinks. Imi's seat was then wet. So I put my scarf on the seat. She didn't want to swap because I was sat next to this guy. So bless her, she had a wet seat for some of the journey. Um, so again, I pretty much sat there and stared at my iPad watching White Lotus, which is ruder than I thought it was going to be in terms of having a child and a stranger sat next to me. So I had to build this like armour of pillows around me. That was fine. We landed in Perth. We were delayed. We missed our connecting flight to Brisbane. So we had to go from Perth to Adelaide, Adelaide, then to Brisbane, where Patrick eventually picked us up. So we made it. And I feel I had to just, this has almost been quite cathartic for me, like my therapy session of saying it out loud. I hope you feel you've been on this journey with me. So we landed and we got to our house and it's beautiful. It's more than I could have dreamed of. It, it It's so opposite to our home in the UK. We're on the water here, you know, in the UK, it was a country style house. It was a cottage with land and woods and foxes and animals. We had goats and sheep. And here we are on the water in a brand new house with none of that. But I quite like that because you can't compare it. Like it's so, so different but it wasn't feng shui'd and I could instantly feel the energy in the home. Having lived in a home for what would have been three, four years after I initially feng shui'd it and being used to that peace and calm in the home, I could instantly tell here that the energy needed some work. And it wasn't that it was bad. It was just that that, you know, it was more tense than it needed to be. People, obviously it was huge. Like we just moved to the other side of the world. So there was going to be a lot of tension anyway, but I just knew that I needed to get these remedies in as soon as possible. So this home here was good for people and bad for money. And when I analyze a home, I look at the nine areas and I do the number calculation and that tells me what's going on. And a lot of the areas had arguments. There were some really good things, so good for money, good for people in the entertainment industry, which excites me a lot because I'm sure you, well, you may not know by now, but my dream is to really take feng shui and to be able to speak to as many people around the world as I can. And I believe the way that that will happen will be through TV, through radio, through magazines. So that really excited me but I needed to get rid of this argument. And to do that, I had to get the remedies in place. So it took me about two weeks to get it. So for all of my clients out there, I now know what it's like putting the remedies in, you know, but once they are in, I cannot tell you, it was like, you know, when you have a headache and you just lie down and put a nice cool flannel on your head 
and that sense of calm, like, oh, that's what it feels like, like you're taking a deep breath and it just felt amazing and things really started to change for the better and some really exciting things have happened in the last, I'd say, three weeks, it may have really started to happen. So sometimes it's not straight away. It works on your intentions. And for me as a family, my intention was that we moved here, we made friends, it was a smooth move over here. And all of those things have, you know, have happened. And I just wanted to almost bring you on this journey up until the point of where things have really started to change and and as season two progresses I'll be telling you more about the exciting things that are happening and that are coming my way that I can't really speak about at the minute but it's just amazing and season two is going to be a little bit different. It's a little bit different because we're going to dive deeper into Feng Shui. I want to tell you more about the history, like why it works, because then that will help you gain an understanding as to why you might have to clean your stove, why you put your pots away in your sink. You know, if you understand why I'm giving these very random and mad um, things for you to do, I think it will really help you understand what a magical practice it is. But I'm also going to have some guests on this season, which, I mean, I can't, again, I can't believe that I, I, Kimberly Gallagher, the Feng Shui Flow, we have guests on this podcast and I've chosen them really carefully because I want the emphasis to be on people who have had a shift in their career. They've changed. They weren't always doing what they're doing. And I think when you listen to these podcasts, they all have amazing stories to tell. They work in very different, non-mainstream industries, I guess the sort of spiritual industry, the coaching industries. And I hope that we will all learn from these conversations that I've had. We will learn that, you know, perhaps there's something, there's a different way of looking at every situation. And that's what I want this podcast to be. I want us all to learn that maybe when bad stuff happens, if things aren't necessarily going our way, that there are other avenues that we can go down that help us, that help us through this really tricky pathway that is living. You know, somebody said the other day, and they put it beautifully, that in our homes we have new life, we have death, we have love, we have arguments, we have relationships, you know, and I want to be able to help us all, you know, me included by listening to these people speak, that we can all navigate this crazy roller coaster that is, you know, that is life. So thank you so much for joining me on this journey. I hope you had a smile and a giggle at my crazy pathway to, to being in Australia. And please do tune in every week. Please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get it and I will be coming back to you next week it's so good to be back so much love Kimberly Kimberly